0: welcome back to the nes experience thanks for tuning in to another episode and by now the nfl draft has wrapped up and in keeping with tradition uh right around the nfl draft ned's high school's kids are now running 40 times and doing little combines for themselves getting ready for the summer camp circuit uh so ned do you want to give us us a little update on how their 40 times are coming any news to report
1: of course there's news to report. Uh, my guys killed it. So they all came in. Once again, it's a good story. Three of the kids were athletes that had to make the decision to play basketball or not. And they opted to not play basketball and train. So for the past four months, we've been working on these specific individuals to improve a whole bunch of things. and uh, Including... You know their weight they've all had significant weight gains and they're 40 times uh, were electric so q2 uh, he's a sophomore he busted the 438 um, at 185 pounds he came in at 175 he's not somebody that really needed to gain any weight um, or very little weight so he killed it um, I would say he was probably when he came in, a high four or five, so it's not like we're getting, you know, a kid that was uh, a uh, five oh forty. So, but what we're, I mean, he's a very athletic. I think he's going to get twenty P five offers in the next year. And then the second guy Q one, because of course we're keeping it like that. We're not talking real names. He ran a four five nine. He came in at a hundred and ninety pounds, and now he's you know, creeping on 220 pounds. So he ran it to run a 4.59 at 220, pretty impressive. Um, but what's more impressive is he did it th- with basically a 30-pound, you know, plate on you. Now that plate's all muscle, but uh so he did great. And then Scooney, Mark Schoonmaker, he uh, was another kid, gained 25 pounds, and he's at a 4.69. His brother uh in high school, I believe it was like a four six five or four six three. So to give you some projectability about, you know, the type of numbers he's producing, um, these kids are gonna land it's only the first combine, we got five of them. FYI, this is done with college coaches there, so that's the 40 times that I'm posting are a compo- a composite between Linta and usually two coaches. So um they killed it. And it's great to see that they make good use of their time in the off season, um, to do good things. And this is why I love my job. And, um, it's great to prove people wrong and, uh, show people what we do.
0: Yeah, that's a good update. It's always good to hear good updates. Uh, a lot of fast time. Schoonie killed it. Speaking of Schoonies killing it, uh, any other news about certain Schoonmakers, uh, just, you know, kind of out and about in life.
1: Yeah, there was one uh, Schoonmaker out and about getting drafted in the second round of the NFL draft this a uh, couple days ago. So he ended up going to the Dallas Cowboys. He was part of the Hamden Hall state championship teams and whatever, we'll say 2016 and 17. Um, just awesome to train a kid like that and see what he is in high school. I knew he was going to do good things. He's a real humble kid and that's hard to find. Usually you're, you know, divas that don't want to work hard. And this kid is the epitome of blue collar, works hard, not not a bunch of shit talking. He always showed through his actions. And I mean, if you think about it, he went through the COVID period during that whole thing. There is a lot of opportunities to fail, especially in the past five years if you're an athlete. So to see someone come through that, um, uh, it's, it's a pretty remarkable. So, and it puts our, our state on the map. It puts Hamden Hall on the map. Um, it's just another guy. We got guys. We just Our home state needs to take care of them, which is why I sure hope UConn throws my guy Q2 an offer. Uh, cause they were one of the coaches that were out there at the first combine. So give our kids some love. We, and maybe we'll, uh, you know, Schoonmaker was another kid that could have went to, it wasn't really recruited at all from Yukon. So, and it's pretty easy to deny Yukon to go to Michigan. So, uh, once again, uh, it's good to be a Schoonmaker
0: for sure. For sure. Yeah. Gotta love, uh, gotta love those guys. Um, moving on to something else. Increasing your exit velocity for baseball. Exit velo is a big, big, big part of baseball nowadays. Big statistic that they keep track of. So naturally, in the off season, obviously we're about a month or so into the season now, but it's uh, it's important to have a lot of exit velo when you hit the ball. So Ned, do you want to tell us how you go about increasing your exit velocity?
1: I will. I'll keep it simple. Gain weight, get stronger, get more mobile through your hips and spine, uh, train vertical and rotational power, and sleep more. It's that simple. But there is uh, one, two, three, four, five, seven components to that, so really it's not that simple. Um, but that is the that is the outline of what we're going to talk about um, to hit a ball farther. There's a reason why when you're a 90 pound kid, you're not hitting as far as Aaron Judge. All right, part of the that whole transformation, not working in the hormonal puberty thing, but you got to gain weight. The bigger you are, to a point. Now this, you know, most guys go into the weight gain category for improving ve- exit velocity, but occasionally we have the fluffy guys that have to get leaner um, because if you are too big then that could be a problem also. But in general, getting bigger, the bigger you are, the stronger you are, the more force that you can produce. And if you're strengthening the appropriate muscles that you should and addressing everything else that I'm gonna go over on the bottom, um, weight gain is the key. If you wanna throw harder or hit harder, you gotta be bigger. I'm stronger than my daughters. Why? Because I am a conservative 270 pounds, trying to be slightly less. So, um, in order to get stronger, you have, to, for the, most of the times, you have to get bigger. Unless you are an adequate weight, then you already have the base and you're ready to get strong, which is the number two thing. So um, get strong in the right areas. You want to make sure that you're doing you know double leg strength and single leg strength. You know I'm a posterior chain guy, glutes and hamstrings. We use, you know, Bulgarian split squats, deadlifts, RDLs, glute ham raises, leg curls. Those are our, you know, exercises, the, the core group of exercise that we focus on to help get a response. Um, if you are, you know, doing a program, you have to change it up. So that means you can't do the five by five program. Very common thing. Five by five, five by five. We can do that for a fucking year straight. So what, and your body, once your body adapts to it, you don't get a response from it. So, you know, go into hypertrophy blocks. That's working on size and the weight gain. You should always start with the hypertrophy or size build, especially if you're trying to gain weight. Um, but incorporate, once you get that strength base, start to incorporate different types of special strength, starting strength, which is deadlifting, lifting, uh, accommodating resistance with bands and chains on your pushing, gaining weight, getting stronger, very important. You were a different case you definitely had all the all the beef that you needed so your my experience with you it was because throwing hitting a baseball throwing the baseball and throwing a football are all very similar motions um, but for you and big guys um a lot of the times not you specifically but they're tight and the bigger you are most of the time I mean there's just more shit around so you have less mobility. So the problem with being too big or too fluffy or too high body fat percentage, part of it is there's too many things in the way and it's restricting your range of motion. You're going to be less elastic than if you were leaner, trimmer, and that helps you get more. Losing weight helps with your mobility. Gaining weight, um, if you're not doing all the flexibility and mobility things, you are going to get tight. You get strong, you get tight. You get big, you get tight. You lose weight, you get more mobile. You gain weight, you get less mobile. Does that make sense?
0: It does make sense.
1: Which goes into the third bullet point, which is hip and spine mobility. So being, if you are gaining weight and you are getting stronger, you are now officially getting tighter. Um, So you need to um, get massages and do yoga, flexibility, mobility, correctives, and things like that to keep everything not only get you know restore what you've lost in your training session or training block but doing extra to help get balanced um mobility just helps a lot with a fluid energy transfer and what we're doing is with everything we're generating power through our legs and it has to transfer you know through our core and through our upper body into whatever we're trying to increase velocity on so spine and hip mobile spine hip mobility is crucial. Um and they're all important. So the problem is most programs that people do, they don't do all of these things and they don't do them the right way. But by having optimal hip and spine mobility, it's it just we wanna get rid of the leaks in the kinetic chain. So an example that I use, which is this was a kid doing it the wrong way, but I had this hillbilly kid. He came in every day with a dip. Uh, I forgot his name. And he was like, uh, Hey, Ned, he was a hillbilly. Uh, do you, and he came in, he's a pitcher, and he wanted to throw harder. And he was this big, corn-fed, look like from the Midwest hillbilly, and humongous traps, and just tight as all hell. And he was like, Ned, I think I got some velo stuck in my traps. How do I get the velo out of my traps? And I'm like... I mean, it doesn't exactly work like that. But yeah, it's part of the reason why he had shoulder issues and instability and problems were because his V, his traps were tight, which is making his shoulder unstable, which was not helping with an optimal throwing motion. Um, but the, the next one is train power. So get twitchy. Um, we have a med ball rotational power system that we take athletes through. Rotational power is is the number one transfer over to, to exit velocity. Um, and you get rotational power by throwing med balls um, and doing, you know, speed rotational type things. Um, but also get vertical just because it's more practical. So we have our pitchers do, you know, a plyo progression and the vertimax and jump squats, even something like hand clean pulls without the catch Lower body hip power and rotational power. Um, that's taking all that size and strength and mobility that you have. And that's that's the the force and the speed and the energy transfer and the explosiveness that you need. And then um, I believe the last one is sleep. And sleep always comes up. It's how to get bigger, how to gain weight, how to lose weight, how to get faster. Everything always comes back to sleeping. So I'm not really going to go into it. But uh, Sleeping, your body releases hormones that allow you to repair, and the faster and more you're spending time preparing or repairing, you're going to spend less time plateauing and having relapse because of injury, and you're you're not consistently um, powerful if you're not getting the sleep that you need, um, and it makes it harder, as I said, harder to recover. You spend more time plateauing, so get some sleep, people.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to do it for exit Velo this week. Uh, in keeping with a bit of a the theme, uh, our question of the week, Ned, do you have any sleep tips, anything to help the people fall asleep faster, get better quality sleep?
1: Um, yes. Don't listen to people that say you need to get X amount of sleep a night. What you need to do is get slightly more sleep than you're getting. So what I tell people is, you're going to get performance benefits sleeping one hour more a night. Um, but that's a whole bunch of hour because time is valuable, especially at night. So your goal should be what wherever you're at just trying to get one more hour than you were and trying to do that consistently. And then eventually, whether that takes two weeks or three years, then you try and make another move and, and try and set it back 15 minutes or a half an hour so i'm not going to sit here and be some asshole on social media being like limit your screen time and avoid tobacco use and all that bullshit but um <clears throat> you know i do want to say watch caffeine because some people lift at night so if you're taking a whole bunch of stimulants at five o'clock and it, it, it can interfere with your sleep because i'm pro-caffeine pre-workout and then for some people using some i have, there's something called natural calm you can get it at the Vitamin shop. one of the few things that I recommend to go to it, like a nutrition, nutritional supplement store. Um, but Natural Calm is really good. It's got a little bit of melatonin. And then everybody talking about melatonin. What do you think about it? Like, it works, but if you've ever taken it, like, I get weird, freaky-ass dreams and then, or nightmares, and that nightmare actually makes my sleep the end product of my sleep worse. So if you're a heavy, crazy dreamer and you don't like that, then that would be something that you don't want to. But I found with Natural Calm, that's more of a magnesium supplement. And I just use one product. There's a million melatonin and supplement products. What I found is Natural Calm does the best job. But also, I don't think doing... I think once you do it, even with something like that that does work, if you do it every night, you're not going to have as good of results with it. So try to do something like a natural calm and pick your spots. Like, oh, I have an important you know game tomorrow. You have to beta test it on the, in a bullpen first, meaning for the most important, if you're going to the Olympics, you don't want to try your, nat- your natural calm the night before the Olympic trials. That would not be good. So beta test it first and make sure and be like, oh, I did, you know, it did help with my sleep. Then just taking it the night before competition, that at least ensures that you're going to be you know, in good shape when you have to go out there and compete.
0: Awesome. Yeah, you never really do want to try anything fresh, you know, new the, the day before or the night before a competition. That's always bad news and asking for trouble. Yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the NAS Experience. Uh, tune in to us two weeks from now. It's going to be our last audio-only podcast. We have invested in a nice little camera, so we're going to be doing video podcast now so you'll be able to see Ned's smiling face as he talks to you about sports performance training and other such related things uh other than that we will be seeing you guys soon thanks for tuning in